It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I'm the host and uh, just... Uh, Always excited about an opportunity to bring the gospel to you on a Sunday morning here on Wave 94. Just being able to talk about the good things of the Lord. As I say, this is a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. The church, that's what we're talking about. Show number 1141 today. A lot of talking over a lot of years and I've been excited about all the different uh, opportunities to interview people. And uh, I want to give you an invitation that if you're involved in Christian ministry, give me a call. Let's get you behind these microphones. Let's talk about passion. Whatever it is that you are passionate about when it comes to Christian ministry. That'll be our topic for that day. And I have found that when People come here, and they sit down here in front of these microphones and just begin to share their heart. Uh, they just kind of have a sense of excitement that comes to them because all of a sudden they begin to realize how important it is, the ministry that they're involved in. And I love to see that transformation. So. Give me a call, area code 850-567-1703. That's my phone number. I'd love to sit down and just uh, look at the calendar and figure out a good time for you. I like to do the shows on Tuesday evening. That works very well for me. And um, we'll get it pre-recorded, have it ready for Sunday morning here on 94.1, 8 o'clock. The Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. Do have a few rules. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. And that has worked out very, very well over all these years. Keep in mind that these shows are also on the podcast. If you want to listen to it again or share it with a friend, you can go to the podcast. Just type in Pastor Jack King, Tallahassee. And, uh, It'll come up, and you'll see all kinds of shows there, all kinds of content, interviews that we've done over the years. You'll also find the daily broadcast there as well. That airs here on 94.1 at 11 o'clock on uh, Monday through Friday. But then they go on the podcast, and they're there for you to listen to. People tell me a lot of times they like to listen on trips <laughs> on the way somewhere. They, or nowadays, Cars or rental cars. If you rent a car, you don't get a CD player anymore, which is a big disappointment to me. But they tell me that's old technology. Well, it's not to me. <laughs> I enjoy my CDs. But anyway, nowadays you just plug your device <laughs> into um, the little wire thing that's hanging out there, and then you can listen to all kinds of content. So there's plenty of it that'll get you where you're going. So I'm encouraging you to tune in to the Gospel on the Radio talk show or the Gospel on the Radio broadcast on the podcast. And it'll be a blessing to you. 
Let me remind you also about the Saturday Night Gospel Sing every Saturday night here on 94.1. This is the way I say it. The best music on the planet. The Saturday Night Gospel Sing. We play a full hour of great Southern Gospel music and an invitation to join me for that as well. Now, here's something that, uh, well, let's just talk about what's going on around us. If you are a person who, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those, I listen to the radio a lot. I'm not much of a news watcher. I haven't really sat down and watched the evening news in years. Just don't do it. But I do hear things on the radio. And, uh, of course, now we are here in the month of the, uh, September. And, of course, September simply means this. It's uh, the uh, legislature is back in session. <laughs> and so things begins to happen in Washington, D.C. and in other places here in our country and around the world. I mean, of course, I hear all these things and my mind just begins to process things. And uh, I think I'm like a lot of people. I see the world from the perspective of my life, the years that I have lived, and I can't help but to make comparisons from, quote, the day to today. And uh, some things just kind of causes me to just want to scratch my head and just be in wonderment. I'm going, how did we get to this point? <laughs> Let me just give you, for instance, I was uh, coming uh, here to the church where I do the recordings in my studio here. I just had the radio on, and I'm hearing about a place called Eagle Pass. I don't know uh, sure where that's at. Texas, I believe. And, uh, they were saying 2,500 illegals. I mean, I'm talking about people who are not citizens of the United States just flooding across the border. This is at, a, at nighttime. And, uh, and they started giving out numbers of people who have, are entering into our country every day. And then... You hear about the uh, mayor of New York, and he's complaining about uh, how it's overcome his cities. And, and then I heard someplace else where they're saying that uh, somebody is suing the mayor of some city because he's not cleaning up after them. And I asked myself the question, how did we get here? <laughs> and and uh, what is the end game? What is the end game to all this? And how this is this going to affect us? And why is this happening? And uh, I have my suspicions. And I think that they're, they're grounded pretty well, actually. I, I mean, I, I do believe it's political. I really do. And I believe there is an end game to it all. But that's not my perspective. And I've talked to this radio audience about this before. And that's simply this. We are Christian people. And I would say that a good majority of the people who listen to this broadcast are Christian people. You go to church, you believe in God, 
And you believe that every man, woman, and child has a soul. And that uh, that soul will end up in its final destination, either, either heaven or hell, which believe, means that we believe that there is a heaven, we believe there is a hell. And our job as Christian people is to bring the gospel to people. Let's see, now let's just talk about the political aspect of it. Just for a second, I don't spend time on this show talking about politics, but I do believe that there is an objective, and it is uh, to bring enough people into our country who would vote a certain way that would benefit a certain party. <laughs> and, uh, and I believe it's very intentional. And I will also say this, that, that in other times in recent history, it's worked. It's worked to uh, shape the political map. Okay. Enough said on that. Let's say that as Christian people, we were able to uh, be with these people in such a way that we could bring the truth of the gospel to them. And then all of a sudden, all these people, when they come to that point to where they have uh, opportunities to make a difference politically, that all of a sudden they, they're not going the way that those who have engineered this thing hopes it would. I'm going to tell you what, it would shut this thing down in a heartbeat. Now, tell me I'm wrong. If all of a sudden it wasn't working the way that some have designed it to work and it worked against them, all of a sudden this would be done. Now, let's go back to my direction I'm going here. I believe that uh, as Christian people, our great responsibility is to be evangelist. And uh, that word has a lot of uh, um, history to it, the work of the evangelist. Because we think about it, those of us who've been in church for a long, long, long time, we, we often think of the evangelist as one of the offices that is mentioned to us in Scripture, one of the, one of the uh, different ministries, the person who has the gift of evangelism. And we think of that person as a kind of a standalone preacher. That's uh, historically the way we see it. A person who oftentimes they'll go to churches, different churches, and uh, they'll preach, and they'll preach uh, conviction and salvation, and, and they'll lead people to Christ, and uh, it's a wonderful thing. And then sometimes they go and they have other ministries. Uh, some of them have the uh, gift of, of healing. Some of them have the gift of, uh, of prophecies and these type of things. And, uh, and they, they, this is what they do. And, of course, <laughs> as a pastor, and uh, I am I'm a pastor, but it's something that's uh, also – that I find to be interesting. Here recently, 
uh, had a guest on the broadcast here on the on the uh, talk show, and uh, some of the things that were said were misconstrued by somebody, and uh, this somebody, and I don't know all the details about it, has a ministry that would be on the opposite spectrum of what we're about here on this talk show. And so uh, there was an article written, and, and there, were, there were things in that article that just were not factual. Let's put it that way. But in the uh, article, and they describe this, the, the gospel on the radio talk show, evangelist Jack King, and, uh, well, I don't usually think of myself as being an evangelist because I'm a pastor. But the truth of the matter is, as a uh, radio preacher, I guess I am an evangelist because this ministry is far-reaching, not only here in the Tallahassee area, but because of the podcast, because of the uh, uh, internet, um, being on the internet, streaming around the world on all the shows. And then the uh, daily broadcast on Praise Radio goes all over the world. And I get emails from all over the world. And so I guess I, I would be described as being not only a pastor, but as an evangelist. But here's the fact that is uh, very important for us all to realize. Is that according to the calling of the Lord, I mean, Jesus Christ, our, our Lord and Savior, and the founder of our church, I'm talking about the church. He is the one who commissioned it, and he's also the one that uh, died on the cross so that victory could be won. And his last words to us was to take the gospel to the world. That's his last commission, last command to the church. And that wasn't to... Uh, a group of people who we would call an evangelist who would just go to your your church or, or maybe they're having uh, crusades and uh, we call that person an evangelist, which they are. But the truth of the matter is, is that we are all evangelists and we are all responsible. So let's go back to this border thing. This is what I think needs to happen. I think Christians need to just flood that border. Not going across, but I'm just talking about just being there to do whatever we could do, be it feed them, house them, or just minister to them. Bring the gospel. Bring the gospel to wherever we can. Bring the gospel but besides that, this world as we know it today is in desperate need of the evangelist. The person or the peoples, and I'm talking about people who have the call of God on their life and they're Christians and they proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The message of the gospel must be proclaimed in this day and age, 
because so many, so many have not heard. So many who have heard have set it aside. It needs to be brought to the forefront because I guess what I'm saying is that there needs to be revival. And I'm talking about revival that's heartfelt, but not necessarily just to lay it at the feet of a, oh, well, we need to raise up some people who have the gift to go preach. I'm talking about you, me, whoever we are, or wherever we are, proclaiming the gospel with zeal and with enthusiasm and with determination in such a way that you begin to see the hand of God move across the country. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, play a little music for you. And this is a, uh, maybe just kind of help set the tone a little bit here. This is Karen Peck at New River. It's just simply called Revival. Throughout history, there's been uh, the revival movement, or is often described just as being uh, renewal. John the Baptist came on the scene in just such a time, and he, I mean, he rocked the world in which he lived in. <laughs> and uh, sometimes that's what happens, is that you'll find uh, there's just a time when everybody just seems to be indifferent and people are just going about their lives and they're just kind of, um, kind of a, uh, I'm trying to figure out what word to say here. It's just a, it's just a time when there's just, just there's no spiritual movement. And then God will send somebody like John the Baptist. And of course, all of this was a, a part of God's plan because the scripture says that Jesus came in the fullness of time. In other words, at just the right time that God had planned and orchestrated, there was Jesus Christ who came to this earth. John the Baptist was the forerunner of Christ. He was the one that was proclaiming the news. And, and uh, basically, John the Baptist preached two things in his preaching. He re preached repentance, repentance of sin, and be baptized. And uh, the baptism was designed to proclaim what had happened inside of a person. In other words, the baptism just simply said, this is a, an outward sign of an inner work. And then the second thing that he preached was the coming of Christ. And that was his message. And uh, many times you'll find that uh, when God raises up an evangelist in, in whatever period of time that God would raise them up, their messages often are, are as, as God ordained. Sometimes it's, it's just simply a salvation message. Sometimes it's a message of, of, a, of a healing. And uh, somebody like Oral Roberts, who, who his, his ministry focused around not only salvation, but, but healing. And, and uh, God would raise these people up in his time. And uh, the meetings 
that John the Baptist uh, were involved in were tremendous. The crowds were humongous. People were following him. And uh, you say, well, what kind of a, a ministry did John the Baptist have? Well, it seems to me as it was pretty plain. <laughs> he talked about he, he wore camel's hair and uh, ate, ate locusts. I mean, he was um, definitely a man of nature. And so people didn't come because he was all dressed up. He was a, he was just a man who had a strong message, and he preached it with conviction, and people responded to it. And then, of course, um, as John said, he says, I must decrease, he must increase. And uh, Mark tells us in his gospel that he said that Jesus was passing by, and, and John said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. And uh, later, John sent some of his uh, disciples to Jesus to say, are you, are you the one? And Jesus sent back and said, Just go tell John about the people who, who are being healed and the devils who are being cast out and the people's lives are being changed. Tell him that, and he'll know. And, of course, during this transition of time, John is arrested. Finally, he's murdered there in the prison. And uh, many of the disciples of John began to follow Jesus. And Jesus was a tremendous evangelist. <laughs> See, I'm saying people don't think about Jesus as being the evangelist. But at Freedom Road, the church that I pastor, we spent uh, several months just me teaching through the book of Mark. And it was one of the most tremendous uh, uh, times in my life of just learning and teaching because we just took our time. We didn't get in a hurry about it. Chapter by chapter, verse by verse, we just began to allow the scriptures to unfold, to, to show us the story of the ministry of Jesus Christ. And uh, when you read the Gospel of Mark, you begin to see how Jesus ministered. He ministered sometimes in the synagogue in the early days. But it got to the point to where a synagogue wouldn't, wouldn't hold the crowd. And then uh, we have the example of the four men who were bringing their friend to one of the meetings that Jesus was holding the house. And they said the house was just stuffed with people. These men couldn't even get their friend in to see Jesus because of the, of the multitude of people that was there. So it got to the place where a synagogue or a house wouldn't hold him, and Jesus is holding outdoor meetings, and he's standing up on the side of a, of, a, of a mountain, or he gets on a ship, and he goes out into the, uh, to the water just a, far enough away to keep the people from coming out to where he was, and he would preach from the ship to multitudes of people doing great revival campaigns. Many people... Touched, lives changed. I mean, 
We read about the man who uh, they called him Legion because he had 40 demons in him. And Mary Magdalene, who had seven demons in him, in her. And you just think about these people and how horrible they must have looked. You can imagine a woman coming to a meeting like that with seven devils in her, or a man with 40 devils in there. You can imagine what they looked like. This man is that he just, he just roamed at night and he was, he was living in the, in the, in the catacombs. And and uh, he would cut himself. They they try to put chains on him. The chains wouldn't hold him. <laughs> and it was just a everybody was just frightened of this man. And then Jesus gets off the boat, and he walks toward this man, and those demons begin to uh, tremble because they knew they knew the power of God and Jesus transformed that man's life. And if you read the story, you'll find that what that man wanted to do, it says, the scripture says, next thing you know, he's there sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed. And what he wanted to do, he wanted to join the evangelistic team. It's, it's there. It may not be in quite those words, but you read, he wanted to join up. He wanted to be a part of the team. In other words, he wanted to go into the ministry. And Jesus said, no. He says, I need you to go back to your home where you, where you came from. And guess what? You know what Jesus told him to do? He says, go be an evangelist to your friends, to your family, and to the people you came from. Go. Go tell them. Tell them what's happened to you. Go preach the gospel. And that was the message that Jesus gave to that man. Go and proclaim the gospel. And that's the message for you and I today. Go proclaim the gospel. The Tribute Quartet. Well, sing his praise while the ages roll It makes me want to go As I said, that's that's the goal. <laughs> but it's not just a, a goal for me, but it's for everybody. That's the heart of the evangelist. And that should be the heart of every Christian. And one of the things that grieves my soul is that it just seems like it, so many Christians have just forgotten the role of the evangelist, that we're all evangelists. We're all people who have the responsibility to preach the gospel. And I'm not necessarily talking about preaching from the pulpit. I'm talking about talking to your neighbors, talking to your friends. Wherever you go, you are the evangelist. And you have the responsibility to bring the gospel wherever you go. Now, uh, you know this, if you listen to this show at all, I'm, I'm from rural Kentucky. I grew up in Kentucky. And uh, back in Kentucky, um, most little churches in the summer times, generally in the summertime, would have had revival services. And, of course, uh, 
they were services, and I said a lot of times we, we hope they end up being revivals, but uh, they're meetings that are designed to uh, kind of inspire the congregation. And uh, most of the time, the evangelists who would come to preach the revival, and they usually lasted about a week, would be a pastor from another church. And, of course, the idea is that it would be a church that's far enough away from your church that you wouldn't be concerned about him drawing people from your church to his church. And uh, as a young man growing up, we experienced this quite often and then uh, had some really good preachers who came and, and held meetings in our church. But um, my grandfather, who was uh, uh, Papa King, he uh, he was a man who had pretty much never been churched. Um, like I say, this is this is the country. <laughs> and uh, he just never had been in church. And uh, there was a, a young pastor who came to pastor the Mount Olivet Christian Church in Mount Olivet, Kentucky, which is near where I grew up. And uh, he heard about my grandfather and his family with his wife and two daughters that were still living with me at the time. And uh, they lived in a, and, and you can't describe it as any other way but a shack. It was a shack on the side of a hill and uh, had a little farm there. They raised tobacco and a few cows, that type of thing. And uh, they were pretty much homebodies. I think that uh, they'd go up to Mount Olivet to go to the store. They didn't get out much. And um, so this young preacher from the Mount Olivet Christian Church, he went to visit them. And he went several times, but uh, never had any success in, uh, well, I mean, he, he talked to them, but he didn't have the boldness really to just present the gospel to them. Well, they were having revival services in the summer. And, uh, and the preacher who was coming to hold the revival was a little bit more seasoned, a little older. And so the young preacher decided he was going to take the evangelist down to visit um, my grandfather and his wife and his two daughters. And so they did. And he goes down, and he he shares the gospel with my grandfather. And, uh, uh, well, let's just say that didn't get a whole lot of response. But he invited them to come to the revival services at the Mount Olive Christian Church. Now, this, we're talking 50 years ago, I guess. Um, it's been a while. <laughs> anyway... I think they went one night, and uh, I think that uh, the wife, uh, which would be my step-grandmother, she was stirred, and uh, but no response. Then the next night, and this is my, my Aunt Louise, who is uh, the youngest daughter, um, she shared a lot of things with me about this, but she said that, uh, they were sitting there and uh, at a third row back 
on the left side of the sanctuary. And uh, she looked at her grandfather and she said, uh, do you want to go down there? And so they were kind of talking it over. And the evangelist saw them talking. And he comes and he reaches out his hand to my grandfather. And uh, my grandfather walked down the aisle, gave his heart to Christ. He was 80 years old. And uh, they wrote an article in a publication. And there's a nice article. And I had a copy of it. And I kept it in my Bible for years and years and years. And then somehow or another, it just disappeared. So I called my Aunt Louise not too long ago, and I said, can you send me a copy of that? And she did. And uh, I told her, I said, I want to get you on the radio. And, uh, and I want you to tell the story. I want you to tell the entire story of my grandfather's conversion at 80 years of age. And so we're going to do that. Uh, she's been kind of ill. She's had some back surgery. We'll get her to bend it up a little bit, and uh, we'll get her on the phone. And I want to have her tell the story of how this all unfolded, because it pretty is, I mean, it is quite remarkable. But you see, we're talking about the, the work of the evangelist, where this young pastor, he was a little shy about the whole thing, but an evangelist, they're, they're different. And even though this gentleman, he was a pastor, but he was also one who understood the work of evangelism. So I'm here recently. Um, I've been telling my Aunt Louise for some time. I said, I'm going to come go to church with you some Sunday. Because generally when we're visiting um, our farm up in Kentucky, we'll go to the church that I grew up in. But I said, I want to come and go to church with you. So I said, well, I told my wife, I said, well, I better get, get this done. And so we went and we had services with uh, my Aunt Louise. I found out that she's a song leader in the church. I did not know that. I walked in the sanctuary. Services were already going on. I'm looking around for her, and then I looked up in the pulpit, and there she is leading the singing. And uh, anyway, I asked her, I said, show me, show me where, where he was sitting. And she did. She showed me right where he was sitting when he made that decision to go forward and give his heart to Christ. And they... They've been in that church ever since. And uh, uh, my Aunt Louise is still there. My Aunt Carol, they, they're both gone. Of course, uh, my step-grandmother and my grandfather have, have passed on. But they're still in that church. As you see, this is what evangelism is all about. It's about taking the gospel down to a little shack on the side of a hill. And don't just go once, but keep going. And don't give up on people. Because the work of the evangelist is, is imperative in the day and age in which we're living. We need the work of the evangelist. We need the work of every Christian to do the work of ministry and sharing the gospel wherever it is that we go. Because, look, we're in times that I would consider to be desperate times. We're living in times that... Uh, I mean, I, my history, of course, is my lifetime. But uh, these are times, these are times that I believe are desperate. And people need to hear the message 
of truth. People need to know that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Listen to this song. This is the Gaither Boca Band. lot of things to take away from that song but uh, what comes to me and of course I've heard the song many many times is just the reckless abandon of the old man in the raggedy old tent and he would go pitch that tent and in the beginning there wouldn't be nobody there he just he just kept on preaching he didn't let anything bother him he wasn't hindered about it he preached just as hard in the beginning as he did when there was a crowd and uh and then there was the convert, and he, when the old man died, he took that raggedy old tent, and he just kept on using it for the glory of the gospel. Well, you see, that's, I think that's a message that needs to be alive in the church today, that uh, just reckless abandon. We're out there just proclaiming the gospel. We're not, we're not intimidated. We're not afraid of what people say. We're just going to go preach the gospel. And the thing is, is that throughout history, there have been people who have been uh, called of God, and they've just gone and done it. And nobody knew who they were in the beginning. Nobody knew. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I talked about there in the Gospel of Mark, as Mark tells the story. In the beginning of the ministry of Jesus, nobody knew who he was. I mean, it, it was all about John. It was all about John. And then... Next thing you know, the mantle has been picked up and people are coming, crowds and multitudes to hear Jesus preach and be a part of the ministry. Some of the great evangelists are people who, they just follow God. But, but they were people who knew how to pray and seek the Lord. There's a book, uh, it's called Old Time Power by Vincent Sinan, and uh, I probably have just butchered his last name. Many of you know who I'm talking about, and I certainly apologize for if I'm getting it wrong, but I always have problems pronouncing that name. But he talks about in the Pentecostal Holiness churches in the 30s, they began to sense they were losing some of the fire. And of course, they were. They were a product of two movements that had come together, the fire baptized group and the Pentecostal holiness, and they amalgamated. But their history had been uh, the history of a fire, the Holy Ghost. And, of course, uh, they were transformed some and changed some of their doctrinal stances uh, because of some who had gone to the Azusa Street Revival. But here is the thing that happened. I said, they convened in their regular council meetings. They said, we need to do something here. And so they began to identify in their movement young men who had the calling to evangelism. And they pointed them out, and they called them out, and they sent them out. One of those young men was a man by the name of Oral Roberts and uh, who became a tremendous evangelist preacher and uh, 
God used him mightily. And see, you think about the ripple effect of that type of decision. And uh, I believe that we're in those times today where there needs to be a boldness, a boldness of people who understand the desperation of the hour. Many, many people who are who are losing their way. And uh, the church needs to be <laughs> invigorated with boldness and with the power of God to be able to stand against many things that we know. And uh, we know that there are things that are infiltrating the church. You know what I know, and you know what I'm talking about. And uh, there needs to be a boldness to stand against these things. And I believe that uh, God will respond if we bring ourselves to a place to where we pray and we seek the face of God. And we say, God, you begin to identify those who have this gift of boldness and the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit as an evangelist. But that does not excuse every Christian, every person who is called of God. That does not excuse us, exempt us from the work of the evangelist because the gospel must go forth. And uh, I believe that, as Scripture has said, that in the last days he's going to pour out his spirit and uh, Jesus said, uh, well, he said, I did some great things, but you all will do greater things. And, and I tell you what, I love to see it in my time, in the time that I have left here on this earth. I'd love to see just a fire of God move across this land. And uh, literally, his expression is just, just to snatch them out of the fire. And that's what the uh, the parish family, they, they sing about this. They, they pull them from the fire. From the fire. From the fire. I was just reading in the Gospel of Luke, where Jesus was sitting his disciples out, and he said, don't worry about what you're going to say. He said, just allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you. Would you, you give yourself to God as a vessel, and you just go forth, and uh, don't let the devil intimidate you. Because the Scripture says for us to, Hide his word away in our heart. And see, that's, that's doing the homework. That's doing, that's doing the, the, the things that we need to do in, in, in our prayer lives and in our devotional times when we're just reading and meditating and studying the word of God and just, just putting it in our hearts. And then the Holy Spirit will bring that knowledge back when it's time, when the opportunity is before you to as Karen or, or the parish family was just singing about just just pull them from the fire because you pull them from the fire when you give them the gospel truth 
because there's power in the word of God. And so don't worry about it. Don't worry about what you're going to say. Just be faithful and just allow the Holy Spirit to do the work of the evangelist through you. You see, it takes all the pressure and all the burden off of you. You just allow yourself to be a vassal of God's usage. Let me invite you this morning to come out and worship with us at uh, Freedom Road Christian Ministry. That's the church that I'm the pastor of. We're at 720 Capital Circle Northeast. We're in the Crescent Park Plaza. That's right across the road from the federal prison there. We're between Easterwood Drive and Park Avenue. Easterwood Drive is where you turn into Tom Brown Park. So if you're heading from there, heading toward Park Avenue, and look on the right-hand side of the road, you'll see our sign there, Freedom Road Christian Ministry. This is a church that loves people. <laughs> it's a big sign. You can't miss it. Turn in right there, and then we're in a little storefront right there. 11.05 is our start time. Sunday school at 10 o'clock. F-R-C-M dot U-S. That's the website. You can check that out. We'd love to see you. Freedom Road Christian Ministry. Something to look forward to down the road on the 14th of October. We're going to have a carnival right out there in front of the church. We're going to have a lot of fun. We want to meet you. That's, we're, that's the reason why we're doing it. We want to meet you and uh, share our love for you and your family and just a lot of fun. So put that on your calendar at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on that Saturday, October the 14th, there at Freedom Road. Come out and enjoy the carnival with us. And, uh, well, if you don't have a church home that you normally attend, why don't you come worship with us and join the family, Freedom Road Christian Ministry. Remember, you, me, the church, we are the evangelist. And the responsibility is ours to respond to his command, to his church, to take the gospel, to take the gospel to all the world and preach it and proclaim it. And uh, to those who you come in contact with, don't be shy. Don't allow yourself to be intimidated. Share the gospel wherever you go. That is our obligation and our responsibility to the commission of our Lord and Savior. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity today to share the gospel here on the radio. Father, I pray for all those who have tuned in today. And Father, for our churches and for our pastors all across the land, Lord, we pray for America. And Lord, we pray, God, desperately that you would help us and that the winds of revival would flow across the land. We pray for peace in this world. We pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem and in the nation of Israel. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And until next Sunday morning, look forward to seeing you again. May the Lord bless you.